SEJ Summit 2016 is coming to Santa Monica, Chicago, and New York City. With a focus on actionable marketing for SEOs by SEOs, SEJ Summit is a can't miss event. Get $50 off your ticket now by using the code SEJNerd. Learn more at searchenginejournal.com slash SEJ Summit 2016. We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world, and all we can think about is where. Where can I hook up my mom? Digital pimp, hard at work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. Who should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Nerds. My name is Kelsey Jones. I'm the executive editor at Search Engine Journal, and I'm excited to be joined here today with Mary Bowling. She's with Igniter Digital and Local U. Mary, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Kelsey. It's great speaking with you again. Yeah, we always have good conversations at PubCon, so I'm glad we're we're able to talk not in October. (laughs) (laughs) Although maybe we'll talk in October, too. Yes, I will be there again. (laughs) You'll have to come by our booth and say hi. I definitely will. Okay, good. So, you know, your specialty at Igniter Digital and then at Local U, your podcast, is about, um, obviously, local search. So that was something I wanted to talk to you about today. Um, just to kind of, you know, kick it off and then we can kind of delve in deeper. You know, what do you think, in your opinion, are the top three to five things businesses should be doing, you know, first when it comes to local SEO? Like, let's say I'm a new business. I have no idea what I'm doing. I just kind of heard about local SEO and I want to, you know, optimize my presence. What, what should I do first? Well, local SEO, you generally need to rank well organically and rank well on Google Maps in order to get into the local packs. And that seems to be what everybody wants to do is to get into those local packs. Um, So if you're a brand new business, you need to work on both sides of that equation. You need to do all the things that we as SEOs know to do to um, try to rank well organically in Google. And then we have to layer on the things that we need to do to rank well in Maps. And if we can put that together, then that's when we have our best chance of appearing in those local packs. And those local things that you want to do is you want to make sure your Google My Business listing is as complete and accurate as possible and that the information that you put in there matches what's on your website. You want to make sure that Google's seeing consistent data about you, um, about your business at trusted places on the web and trusted places off the web as well. Um, Then you need to make sure that your website is clearly conveying to the search engines and to your human visitors where where it is and and what you sell. Um, Sometimes this is not really clear to people when they look at a local business website. People assume too much. So you really need to whack people up the side of the head and let them know that you do what they need to have done in the place where they need need to have it done. And then you need to set up a strategy to continually get more good reviews. Mm. Uh, reviews are huge in the local space. Yeah, for sure. 
And then um, you also want to try to gain some what we call place rank or location prominence by getting some locally focused citations and links, links from uh, businesses and organizations that are in the same geographic area that you're in. Does that, does that all make sense? Yeah, I think so. That was a good point about having a uh, a process set up to be to keep getting reviews because I think that's something that trips a lot of people up is you know when they're setting it up they think okay great I can ask maybe my email list and my customers I'll send them an email just getting reviews but once you do that you know eventually those are going to become outdated especially if it's shown by date excuse me Most so so that that is important that's a good point most definitely. I mean, this is something that we can't hide. No business can hide from their reputation anymore. It's on the internet. It's all over the internet. And they cannot, uh, you know, other people are going to see it even if the business tries to ignore it. So reviews are absolutely huge. Not not the least of of which reason is because of the stars that you can get in the SERPs if you get a lot of good reviews in different places. Yeah, I know whenever I'm searching for a local business, I look at reviews first. Like that's, I mean, my default over anything else. I mean, maybe location depending on, you know, what I'm needing or what my urgent, you know, needs are, but reviews really are king. They they really, really are. And you know, we all have to realize that nobody's going to look at a business that has one and two stars mm-hmm. um, unless they're looking for examples of bad reviews or a, <laughs> or a business that, that has poor customer service and their, their customers complain about it online. We're all looking for the good businesses. Um, and, and for that reason, you not need businesses don't just need need to continually ask for more reviews but they have to be continually trying to make those reviews better and better by listening to the feedback they get from their customers and then trying to improve the things that are that people typically complain about so it it is an ongoing process yeah cuz i know whenever i look at a place that has even 3 and 3 and a half stars that's about my threshold is 3 stars <laughs> um if I see that there's a, a lot of good reviews and then the ones that aren't so good, if the manager responds, um, I take that into consideration. You know, I think, okay, you know, some people only leave negative reviews. Like they only go online to complain. So if, if the manager took the time to answer the reviews that aren't so flattering, that really does improve their, uh, I guess, their per- my perception of them uh, when I'm making a choice on what business to go to. Definitely. Yeah, the you shouldn't be respond when you respond to a review. Chances are you've probably already lost that customer if it was a mm-hmm. bad review. So when you respond to a review, you're really trying to show um, new prospects that you are listening, that you care about the what's happening at your business, and that you're attempting to improve it. Agreed. Yeah, it's a good point. One thing I wanted to ask you that I've had a couple small businesses that I've worked with ask me, you know, what review site should they be on? So, you know, obviously like a restaurant or a dentist, Yelp is good. But then what about, you know, TripAdvisor or Google, you know, Google, your Google business listing or Angie's list? I mean, what businesses need to be on what review sites or should you try to be on all of them? 
Well, you definitely want to be on all of the more general review sites, no matter what type of business you are. And by that, I mean places like Yelp and the Yellow Pages and Manta. Um, And the reason for that is if you don't put a listing on there with complete and accurate information, if somebody wants to leave you a review, even if they want to leave you a really great review, there's no listing there to leave it on. And they might create a listing themselves by just giving you a review. That happens on some sites. And then there's something going on that you have no idea it's happening. You have no (laughs) control over it. You have no access to it. So that's one of the main reasons why you want to create listings on almost all of the general review sites so that there is a good place there for people to review you. Um, But after that, you really, like you said, you really want to focus on the ones that are appropriate for your particular industry. So if you're if you're a hotel, you definitely want to be on TripAdvisor. That's one of the big boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're a like a home service provider, you definitely want to be on Angie's list. But the best way to figure out which reviews uh, review sites that you want to make sure that you're on is to search for your big fathead terms like plumber Austin mm-hmm. or uh, counselor in. Manhattan and see which sites show up on the first page of the results and then make sure that you get listed on those sites because those are places where searchers are going to be going quite frequently and you want to make sure that you have a listing there. Yeah, that's really good advice. Think of what your user is searching for and then make sure that you're there. Yeah, and in local SEO, we call we kind of call that barnacle SEO. Because it gives you another advantage. You're latching onto these big sites that can possibly rank for terms that you might never be able to rank for. So it gives you a presence there and you have some chance of being found. Yeah, really good point. You know, that that brings about another question I was going to ask you about, um, and that's link building. So in terms of online profiles, like you said, Manta, the Yellow Pages, Yelp, Angie's list, you know, that's, that's a pretty obvious thing that you want to do, but for you and in your experience with any clients you've worked with, um, do you do a lot of link building for local SEO and how does that factor in? It's almost impossible to rank well organically or, um, in the local pack without having, um, good backlinks pointing to your pages on your website. Uh, Just a fact of life. And for a long time in local, that was not true. In local, we could get away with not building links and doing a lot of other things that you have to do with organic SEO. But it was only because the Google algorithm was rather rudimentary and it really couldn't model the real world the way Google wanted it to. But now Google's algorithm has become so much more sophisticated that we really need to think more about marketing to people who have the potential to become our customers rather than trying to look for loopholes in the algorithms. So you really do need to build links. And my my, um, rule of thumb with building links is what would you do to promote your business if the internet didn't exist. 
And if a local business will start doing some of those things, then they will start getting what we call this location prominence and they will get some some links that are going to help them to rank better. And some examples of what I mean by what would you do if the internet didn't exist. You would join business groups in your town and mm-hmm. you would network with people on a regular basis and shake hands with them and um, let them know that you're one of the good guys and that you'd appreciate any referrals they can send to you. If you do that, you're very likely to get links from some of these people. Their websites will refer you, refer customers to you as well as their words. Um, you join things like your local chamber of commerce to gain more exposure. You would sponsor uh, community events. And those are all the kinds of things that if most small businesses, and by that I'm, I'm discounting the ones that are super competitive like the personal injury lawyers and the plastic surgeons. Mm-hmm. But most normal businesses are not in, uh, you know, the environment that they have to work in is not outrageously competitive. And if they will just do some of those things, they'll be doing more than most of their competitors are doing and we'll start seeing their rankings um, moving up. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, there's so many small businesses that don't do anything or they have like a, an outdated website and they think that's enough. <laughs> yeah. So, so if you are paying attention to any type of local SEO at all, I'd say for a lot of industries, you're already, you know, heads and tails above your competitors. Well, that's true as long as you weren't doing spammy things that have now come back to haunt you. <laughs> true, true. Very true. I agree. But these days, I will rarely take on a local client if I don't include some link building in their project. Um, it's just uh, a fact of life these days. We need We need links in order to rank. When you were talking about how the Google and its algorithms have gotten smarter, that made me think of something else that you know might influence local search that I hadn't thought of before when we were planning this podcast, and that's voice search and mobile search. So I think you know voice and mobile search is really really important for local SEO because that that's you know at least for me if I'm searching for something in my area, I'm usually on my phone trying to find it right then. So how is that, how has voice search and uh, mobile search kind of changed? Has it changed anything you've done with clients? Well, you know, some there are some clients that are coming to me now that we are starting with a mobile website rather than trying to build them a hmm. static website and, and make it mobile friendly. And, you know, it all really depends on the type of business you have. But if you are an emergency plumber, um, Nobody's going to call you unless they need something right now, and they're probably going to be looking on their phone they're, because mm-hmm. they have their phone with them at all times. Um, so for a business like that, I would say, yes, let's get that mobile website up and going, and maybe we won't even need a desktop website. Um, and, you know, this this rise of the chat bots and of the um, things like Amazon Echo, Mm -hmm. huge um, learning learning devices for the search engines. Yeah, 
you know, this is how the search engines are learning what people are searching for is by listening to these devices. And um, it, it definitely has changed local search outrageously. Um, and another thing that's starting to impact local search is some of the initiatives that Facebook is taking in their um, quest to become um, business friendly online because they already have this captive audience that's mm -hmm. online and logged in all the time. So they're trying to leverage some of their things like Facebook Messenger and their pay system um, for local businesses. And they seem to be doing a fairly good job of it so far. Yeah, I um, I use, I guess Doolily isn't really local, but they use Amazon or Facebook Messenger, so many platforms. They use Facebook Messenger <laughs> to give you order updates. So they'll send me a Facebook message instead of an email when my order has shipped. And I think that's really cool. So there's tons of different ways local businesses could eventually be using that. Like like you said, to go back to your plumber example, um, I could get a message from, you know, maybe an automatic scheduler that, that got a ping that my plumber is coming to my house. Great so idea. I, I could get yeah. a message that says, you know, Bill from, you know, Acme Plumbing will be arriving at your house. Estimated time 245 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the, the opportunities really are endless. I, I, um, I saw something with that you can order Domino's with emojis now. You text a, a pizza emoji to this number they have, and if your account's all saved, it'll automatically deliver it. And, so, <laughs> and I was ordering a Domino's pizza just yesterday, and you can order a Domino's pizza via Amazon F yeah, that's right. Because I have one. So Amazon sends me <laughs> updates, you know, of what's new. And so I saw that the other day. Did you do it that way? No, I don't have an Echo, oh, but okay. I thought it was a great idea. Yeah, I should try it. I I should connect it. I don't know if I have an, a Domino's account, but I should check it out and I'll let you know how it goes. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that makes life so much easier for, for me to just say, you know, I'm not going to say the code word or else it'll turn on, but you know, the code <laughs> word, order my Domino's order, and then just have it done. Like that's so much faster than, okay, I have to pull up the app or the website on my phone. I have to unlock my phone. I have to type it in. I have to log in. You know, yeah. it's just making life so much easier. And so I think for local SEO and e commerce too, those two areas are going to really be. Um, I would say one of the pioneers in voice search. Most definitely. And I think that one thing that that you don't realize with voice search is that the, the more you use it, the more you want to use it, the more you're apt yes. to use it. And that people that haven't used it at all have no idea what they're missing. I know. My <laughs> husband thinks it's creepy because he's like, well, it's on all the time because you just say the code word and it, it will automatically start listening. But he said, well, it could be listening at any time. And at first that kind of worried me. But as the more I use it, I honestly would rather have it, you know, than, than worry about privacy or anything like that. So I know that's probably a concern. And maybe that might be a little bit of a learning curve to help people get more comfortable. But if you think about it, our phones can be listening too. I mean, there's so many devices 
tech devices that have microphones that could be listening at any time. And, so. and webcams. That's true. <laughs> they even could be watching you. Yep. You never know. So just embrace the technology. It'll be okay. It'll work out. Hopefully. I, I agree. <laughs> I've given up all hope of privacy long ago. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh. So one last thing I wanted to ask you about um, today was that you had that you had mentioned, which was really interesting to me, was creating content for specifically for local SEO, and that was something I hadn't really thought about because a lot of times when I do content, it's usually for a client's blog or maybe they're just their website pages like the about us and the homepage. So, do you do a lot of content specifically for your local SEO clients, and what does that look like? I direct a lot of content to be made, although I don't usually create it myself for a lot of local clients. And, you know, the most of them already have some content on their site that's awful. <laughs> that is either, you know, somebody that they paid $10 an hour mm -hmm. went out on the web and looked stuff up and conglomerated it all and threw it on a web page and said... Google should rank me number one for this web page. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and, yes. it, and, you know, nobody wants to read that web page. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I th so what I really have to do first is educate them about what we want for content on local sites. And I think once they grasp that, that it becomes much, much easier for everybody involved. And, and what I tell them is think about why prospects are searching for a business like yours mm -hmm. and what, it, what is it that they want to know and then give them that information. If somebody's searching for a furnace repair company, you know, they don't really want to know the history of furnaces. <laughs> they don't really care to know what all the parts on a furnace are. They want to know can you fix my furnace? When can you be here? And can you give me any idea of what it might cost? Mm -hmm. And if you can answer the questions that people are really thinking about when they're searching for a business like yours, chances are you're going to get the first call. You're going to be the one that is giving them the, inf the answers that they want immediately. And, you know, then if you feel like you need to put some more content on the page, you can do it later on that, that's explaining more about furnaces and how they work. Um, maybe telling people, what can I do until the repairman gets there? Mm -hmm. What can I check myself that might save me a trip, uh, uh, the repairman a trip to my house? But give them the information that they're really interested in knowing. And, it, and we're all consumers. Uh, yeah. A business should be able to figure that out. Uh, sometimes if a business can't figure that out, then, you know, that's kind of a red flag that, you know, what's going on here if they don't know what it is their customers really want. Yeah. Uh, well, a lot of times they, you know, they might need help, you know, a, a consultant or ask one of their, their favorite customers that they have a relationship with, you know, what do you look for when you're looking for a plumber or whatever? Um, it's, it's a little hard sometimes, I think, for local businesses to kind of step outside of themselves. And they think pe their customers should know, but maybe they don't. So that, that's called knowledge bias. 
uh, for everyone listening that, you know, you're so immersed in something that um, you don't realize that a lot of people don't know it. And so think about that too when you're creating content. Um, you know, give the basic information like you were saying and then what else might they want to know about? Like your idea about what could I fix or is something dangerous? You know, if it if if your furnace is making this sound, you know, it, it could be dangerous. That kind of stuff is going to be things that people are probably looking for. Yes, most definitely. That's great advice. All right. Well, I think that about ends our time. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Kelsey. And I'll see you at PubCon. Yes. Sounds good. Before we go, I think in the beginning, I introduced Local You as a podcast, but it's not a podcast. So do you want to tell us what it is? Um, Local You is a group of local practitioners who put on um, seminars for small business owners on how to how to be successful in local search. And we also put on uh, advanced webinars for people that are actually in the industry. Okay, awesome. Well, hopefully we'll link to that in the recap if anyone's interested in learning more about that. So Mary, thank you so much. And like you said, I'll see you at PubCon. Thanks, Kelsey. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Again, this is Kelsey Jones with Search Engine Journal and Mary Bowling with Igniter Digital and Local U. See you next time. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.